The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to an hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Well, good morning, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio, stirring up your culinary imagination and enticing your senses with delicious conversation. This is your cooking community, and we hope that you'll stay tuned all hour long as we feed your insatiable appetite and savor the flavors. Good morning to you, Lana. Good morning, and happy Halloween. Yes, it's almost Halloween, just days away, in fact, and we've got some creepy, fabulous recipes, decorating ideas and fun festive ideas for Fright Night, so stay tuned. You can find us serving up seconds at chefjamie.com, C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E.com, where, in fact, this week we will start planning for the fabulous feast that is Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year, and we're making your Thanksgiving planning as easy as pie this year, so please do visit chefjamie.com regularly to find recipe inspiration, cocktails, and more. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Chef Jamie Gwen. But it is all about everything you need to throw the spookiest party, a Halloween menu, yummy snacks, Halloween treats, and even Halloween drinks. And I love that you have a Fright Night menu planned. Yes, yes. You have to kick us off. Our menu is going to be a jack-o'-lantern soup with a ginger cream. A great pumpkin soup is always loved. I love that. And I love the idea of serving it in a hollowed-out pumpkin Mm -hmm. as well, like the vessel itself or a tureen that would hold the soup just to ladle it out. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And then and uh, going on to a porter braised short rib. Mm, okay. Oh, and I'm I'll making poisoned purple potato mash. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> and then for dessert, of course, uh, coffee ice cream with uh, our frightful caramel sauce over it. I think it sounds fabulously fun and frightful. And if you're planning something uh, that's, you know, with the kids or for the family, you'll find some simple, easy treats posted at chefjamie.com. Our more sophisticated menu recipes can be found there as well. And by the way, the recipe uh, to make this tonight, our recipe of the week from last week, in fact, was a pumpkin gruyere and brioche gratin. And it was listed on the website as a soup um, inspired by the Paul Bocuse recipe. Uh, but it's much more a bread pudding, and it would really make a lovely accompaniment if you're planning a sophisticated Halloween celebration. It's a you, great side dish. Yes, it is. It's mm. an indulgent, rich, fabulous <laughs> one. And it's beautiful served in the cooked pumpkin. It is where you actually spoon the roasted pumpkin from the interior away from the skin, and you scoop it out with the cubes of brioche crouton that have baked and permeated with Gruyere cheese and a mixture of chicken broth and cream. And the the whole thing bakes together. If you bake it long enough, though, you will get the bread pudding consistency that is most desired. Mm. And it's a savory bread pudding that's out of this world. Oh, and it would th- pair nicely with your menu. Very nicely, as well as for Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah, definitely. It would so. be wonderful. But let's start with breakfast on Halloween. Okay, go ahead. And you want to give the kids what are you making something me? wonderful. <laughs> How about uh, pumpkin pancakes with black syrup? 
Oh, that's super fun. See, mm-hmm. I love the idea of using all of your uh, liquid food color as an infusion of color and, you know, just sort of scary indulgence. And so you're adding, I assume, black food coloring to maple syrup. Yes, yes, or any syrup you have. You could use agave mm-hmm. as well. Melissa's, our produce company partner, makes a, a delicious agave, mm-hmm. in fact, with a lower glycemic level, and it's perfect for waffles or pancakes. Oh, and just pour that over the pumpkin pancakes, and it's That's gorgeous fun. to look at. Love and, it. Uh, it's black and orange. Uh, now, you could also do some bloody pancakes. Uh, I see rasbe- raspberry syrup in my future. Well, uh, strawberries I used, uh, but you can use raspberries, of course. And the strawberries, just puree them, and they're a little light. And to make them a little bit darker, yes. add a touch of chocolate syrup. It darkens oh. them and makes it look more blood-like. Now you're talking. And That's now, fun. You want bloody pancakes, don't well, you? Well, for sure. Yes. Yes. And then moving on from breakfast, we'll jump to lunch. Uh, we covered dinner. Oh, do you have, an, you have another breakfast? Just a reminder about the banana pancakes that we talked about uh-huh. uh, uh, several months ago, the two-ingredient banana pancakes. Yes, this was my last bite some months ago, and it's gotten a ton, a ton of accolades on Facebook. I will post it again. It's a gluten and dairy-free pancake that you make with just two ingredients, bananas and eggs. I like to add a little bit of baking powder for uh, elevated pancakes, as I like to call them, for a little bit of fluff. But um, it makes almost like a crepe-like pancake mm. by blending together the bananas and the eggs in a food processor, preferably a, a strong, powerful blender, so that you aerate the mixture or the eggs specifically. And that's the two ingredients. That's it. That's two it. ripe bananas and four eggs. And then you use a griddle, or you could use an extra-large saute pan, nonstick. And we like to put in a little bit of butter and then pour or ladle the banana batter a little bit at a time, preferably silver dollar pancakes so you can stack them high and, you know, just totally uh, immerse them in maple syrup, or you could even make the larger one too. But that's a great idea if you're going to celebrate Halloween from the morning on. Now, Halloween will come and go, by the way. And you might just be left with a cauldron of candy. You know, the pillowcases full of treats or the candy that ends up in the bowl uh, left by the door. And the kids, by the way, have already gotten their fill. So what is a great cook to do? Well, as part of our Think Like a Chef feature this morning and posted so you can follow along and print out the ideas at ChefJamie.com, this is our roundup of ideas and inspiration for what to do with leftover Halloween candy. Some of them very indulgent. I think some of them very creative and fun. And in fact, one of them that saves your Halloween candy as an addition to your Thanksgiving dessert buffet, I think that's just efficient holiday planning as far as I'm concerned. The first one is to make your candy leftovers vanish by making a candy bar milkshake. Now, at the holidays, we make a holiday pie milkshake. It's one of the things I shared on Channel 5 uh, last year, in fact. And uh, so what you do is in the blender, you combine your favorite ice cream and milk and then a handful of your favorite Halloween candy. I know it sounds over the top, but it's really delectable. You can always make a candy bar ice cream terrine or... You love to make, and I love to eat, your ice cream pies. 
Oh, I love that. Yes, and you can just, just layer mm. the candy or mini candy bars as mm-hmm. one of the layers in your ice cream pie and then freeze it until it's solid. Oh, I would chop them up into slice. pieces, put them on the bottom Okay. Um, with a graham cracker crust or right. chocolate wafer crust right. and pour your ice cream over it. Perfect. Different, different leftover ice creams work great. I love your tip where you soften the ice cream in the refrigerator. Oh, take a wooden spoon, stir it. Right, once yes. it's soft, but 20 exactly. minutes or so, right, mm-hmm. in the refrigerator gives you soft, spreadable ice cream that will set again for mm-hmm. an ice cream pie. It's a great trick. Um, I love to design my own candy bark. So I'll take either dark chocolate or milk or white and melt it, temper it preferably, spread it on a silicone mat lined baking sheet or parchment paper lined baking sheet, and then top it with chopped up candy. You could use candy corns for color. Oh, I, I like to that. mix dried mm. cranberries and pretzel pieces as well. <gasps> Sweet and salty. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah, baby. Or smoked almonds, especially delicious on bark. And then refrigerate it until it's set and then break it to shards. This, mm. this happens to be a great Halloween dessert uh, addition to your Thanksgiving buffet. Mm. So you can always save the candy and make candy bark come the Thanksgiving holiday. And just big shards, right, that you break in, Mm -hmm. you know, the edgy pieces that look just, I think, so beautiful. How about taking frozen bananas to a whole new level? You insert a popsicle stick or a wooden stick into a half of a peeled banana. You dip the bananas in tempered chocolate, and then you top it with chopped up candy, preferably Reese's peanut butter cups, because peanut butter and banana and chocolate all live very happily as a family, I believe. Uh, you could always make a peppermint patty or Halloween candy brownies where you actually take your favorite brownie batter. You spread half of it on the bottom of a baking sheet or a cat, you know, a, a baking pan, a brownie pan. You lay candy in on top and then you put the second half of the batter right on top of that. And so you have a layer of candy baked into the middle of your brownies. Or the peppermint patties. Now we do it with minty, peppermint patties. Minty brownies. Either they're so delicious. You must line the brownie pan or baking pan with aluminum foil when you're making peppermint patty brownies and most candies because the candy does tend to melt. Mm. Um, and make sure, be, be smart so that you don't have um, hours of cleanup, but mm-hmm. very delectable brownies for sure. Lots more ideas, uh, including candy bar cupcakes that can be made store-bought or homemade at chefjamie.com under Think Like a Chef. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention to people, the farmer's market has so many pumpkins yes. and markets uh, are just piled high with them, that you can make your own pumpkin puree. Mm. It's quite easy in cutting the pumpkin in half, laying it on a cookie sheet, mm-hmm. um, and putting it in the oven. It it tastes better than the canned. That it does. And, it, and you could freeze it as well. It, it freezes really freezes very well. Very well. And I like to do it in individual plastic bags measured out. So if your pie recipe calls for, let's say, two cups of pumpkin puree, then you have two cups on hand. A great trick to freezing the pumpkin and then thawing it out as well is to freeze it in the Ziploc bags. And then when you take it out of the freezer, put it into a bowl and snip the bottom left or right tip of the bag so that any water that has separated from the pumpkin puree during the freezing process will actually drain out of the bag into the bowl while it thaws in your refrigerator. Oh, great So idea. you have an either even richer depth of flavor when it comes to the pumpkin puree. And I think you make a great point. Sugar pie pumpkins specifically make extraordinary pumpkin puree for all of your pumpkin dishes mm-hmm. this holiday season. So that's a great starting plan. 
plan for Thanksgiving Just meals. Just email us for the recipe. We'll be happy Perfect. to give you the details. Definitely so. I've also posted a couple of ideas on Facebook, including my pumpkin party cooler, a pumpkin keg, and pumpkin vases. And I've shown some photos. So oh, if they're you wanna, beautiful. I think so, too. If you want to decorate in style, the use of a pumpkin is for so much more than a jack-o'-lantern. Mm-hmm. I hollow out a great big pumpkin, fill it with ice, and make a pumpkin party cooler where you can stick all your sodas, even your juice boxes for the kids or beers mm. if you're uh, doing a, a beer party for Halloween. Or a pumpkin keg is made by sticking a plastic coffee spout, one that you can buy for just a dollar or so at your favorite hardware store, into a hollowed out pumpkin at the bottom mm. or the base where you've you know, made a hole already and then stuck in that spout. And then just like you would uh, a coffee machine, a commercial mm-hmm. coffee machine, you can fill it with uh, your favorite beverage and then just pour it out from the spigot itself. Mm. And then pumpkin vases I love, too. They make yes. beautiful centerpieces, whether they're yellow pumpkins, orange pumpkins, or the white mm. are a gorgeous centerpiece, beautiful. too. And serve that pumpkin cake, whatever's in there, beer or coffee or whatever, yes. with black whoopie pies. Ah, uh, that's your Use Cook with that, Lana recipe. black food coloring right. in just a package of uh, red velvet or German chocolate cake mix and um, make the mix black. That's fine. And use that as your whoopie pies. Oh, you're and, so black and, and orange. And fill them with some orange and green and red. I love cetera. this. Okay, you'll love this too then. Our Make This Tonight recipe is a Halloween hummus, also known as a pumpkin hummus. And I think it's a terrific twist on everyone's favorite protein-packed snack full of autumn flavors. So check it out. It's at chefjamie.com. And stay tuned. Coming up, our last bite at the end of this hour, how to make your own pumpkin-infused vodka, but for First, you won't want to miss the Great Food Network's Robert Irvine. He's stopping by to dish, sharing his new favorite fall dishes and his new TV show premieres. Plus, we're going to dish on slow cooker suppers. But coming up next, Ellie Krieger, one of our favorites, is creating decades of decadence with her healthy desserts. There's more delicious conversation in your radio right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. We'll be right back. It's a fabulous fall. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, in your radio. We have the best culinary thinkers on this show, don't you think? And we are always delighted when we are graced by the talent and grace and fabulous food of Ellie Krieger. We are delighted to have her back, and she's, of course, known as the host of the Food Network's hit show, Healthy Appetite, and now seen on the cooking channel, of course, uh, Healthy Appetite with Ellie Krieger. She's joining us today with a very historical look at Tasty Treats. She is the registered dietitian that you know and love, and she's sharing something sweet for you to sink your teeth into. Welcome back, Ellie. How are you? Hi, Chef Jaden, me, and hi, Lama. I'm doing great. It is so good to talk to you, yeah. my favorite people. Oh, thank you. We're very glad to have you back, and we're very glad that you're indulging in some sweets, Ellie. We really are, because you know we love your style of cooking, but I do love to see you eat a cookie. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, you know what? I get that, and I think that's one of the things that I think maybe makes me stand apart. I really don't believe in deprivation. And I think ultimately, if I'm told that I can't have something, I just want it ten times more anyway. And it becomes all too important. When If I can have it, I have some, I savor it, I make the most of it, and I move on. And it just doesn't become so overblown, you know. I think 
We need to make room for these things in our lives and enjoy them and in the perspective of an overall healthy diet. Yes, and, and I agree, and it's one of the things that we learned from you mm-hmm. and over the years, um, having the opportunity to sit down and dine together and having watched you for so long, I have three bites of chocolate cake because it satiates that indulgence that I need to move on and get past cravings all night. And it's something I remember you saying a long time ago. But it's the transformation of recipes that's far easier today as well, to enjoy the delicious sweets, but make them a little bit healthier, and you can fool your brain and your stomach. And one of the things the three of us ladies have in common is a passion for classic sweets, and that's what you're here to dish on. Yeah, so I've actually teamed up with Canola Info and created this series of recipes called Decades of Decadence. Um, and basically, we took a look at all of these iconic American desserts over the decades and which ones, you know, most of them, it's really interesting looking at the history of these desserts because they're really made with simple ingredients that were really accessible at the time and still are accessible, but put together in a way that just makes them just delightfully decadent and have the test of time because they're just so delicious. And it's really amazing how you can take these recipes and keep every bit of that historical comfort food appeal Mm -hmm. and make them healthier by making some simple switches and some simple swaps. And I, I find that amazing, and I love the fact that you can have it all. I mean, I'm really all about that. I truly believe, as you do, that the words delicious and healthy can go together. Yeah, it's true. And you've proven that. Okay, so I've looked through some of the recipes, Ellie. Start in the 1820s with us, if you would, and talk about what's cooking in your kitchen. Um, because the southern classic that is lemon chess pie, I don't think could get any better. <laughs> I think I like my version better, actually, than some of the, the typical versions I've had. But, um, but basically, in the 1820s, this pie came on the scene. And it's just an interesting name because you say, why chess pie? And there's some fun stories about it. My favorite story is that the cook was making it, and someone said, what kind of pie are you making? And they said, oh, just pie. Oh, just pie. (laughs) Yeah. So so I thought that's funny, right? That's really funny. It's basically a simple, like, lemon curd kind of custard pie with a classic pastry crust. And typically, it's a very, very sweet, but I just took my sugar down a little bit to let the lemoniness come through because I really love the lemoniness. And one of the reasons why it was so sugary is to help preserve it at the time because there wasn't much refrigeration. Now we, of course, have a refrigerator, and so we can really um, indulge in a little bit of a a nicer, I think, sweet tart balance. And then in the crust, and you'll notice for all of these recipes, I use canola oil instead of butter. And immediately by doing that, you bring the saturated fat down to practically nothing to very minimum because canola oil has the least saturated fat of all the oils. And it also has heart-healthy oil. It has the monounsaturated and omega-3 fats that we don't get enough of. It also tastes really neutral, so it can really go in all different kinds of baking recipes so beautifully, and it doesn't compete with the flavors in the ingredients. It actually helps make them shine. I think that's a wonderful point, and I think that it makes me 
think of quick breads and the fact that we use canola oil in our quick breads, Lana and I, because mm-hmm. you get banana flavor even richer and full of depth. And you get a zucchini bread that tastes like the garden. And that canola oil is a very neutral fat that allows you to bring out the other flavors. Exactly. Absolutely. And I just love the kind of fat that it contains is really the healthiest kind of fat that we're looking at. So I think that's an extra bonus. For sure. And in terms of that, I use the canola also in my strawberry shortcake. For the biscuit of that, I love this recipe because I make it easier as well as healthier. And I also use half whole wheat pastry flour. It becomes a drop biscuit, so you don't have to roll it out and deal with cutting it and so on. So it's a simple drop biscuit, and it's just delicious and tender, and it's perfect to hold those beautiful berries. Mm. And then with the cream, I whip up some real whipped cream because I only use real ingredients. I don't use any factory-made ingredients. So I whip up some real whipped cream, and I fold into that Greek yogurt. I saw that. I love that about you. You have a tangy, love-acid kind of palate, right? You love the lemony, the tart, the brightness of the Greek yogurt, and I thought that was brilliant. Oh, Jamie, I think you're going to love this because it's just the right amount of tart, and it goes beautifully with really any fruit dessert because it brings out that sort of nice tart essence in dessert. But it's not a tart-tasting cream. You know, it's still a very creamy, rich, whipped cream and I do put some sugar in it so it just has this beautiful balance for any kind of fruit dessert yeah love that okay we're skipping to the 1930s making a pineapple upside down cake I love that you've added some crystallized ginger for a little bit of kick and there's a beautiful whole grain pastry flour uh, that's used in the cake mix itself here that's a signature Ellie Krieger she took one of the best desserts and made it doable, eatable, indulgeable, if that's a word. I love the word indulgeable. I'm using it from now on. (laughs) From now on. And then take us to chocolate war cake before we run out of time, because I love the history behind this as well. One of the simplest recipes that you might find for, I mean, really rich chocolate cake. Exactly. During wartime, there's a shortage of milk and butter and eggs. And so this cake was invented to have none of those ingredients but still be decadent and delicious. And it's really like magic because it truly is a moist, wonderful chocolate cake that it's almost in between a sheet cake and a brownie kind of taste to it. The technique's important. Basically, you just whisk out your dry ingredients. And again, I use the whole wheat pastry flour all-purpose mix. I use natural cocoa powder because that has more antioxidants than the Dutch. Make a little well and pour the oil and vanilla into the well. And I use canola oil for the perfect unsaturated fat and neutral flavor. Right. And then you sprinkle over that a mixture of water and a little bit of apple cider vinegar. And you make sure all of the flour is hydrated. So this basically you develop the gluten and that's what holds it together because remember there's no eggs or milk. Yeah, it's like spoon bread. It's a dump recipe with all due respect. And you totally. can put it together in less than 10 minutes. And then it bakes in, what, a little under an hour? And you have the perfect ultimate dessert. Mm. It's so good. And and it happens to be vegan, too. Ah, you never cease to amaze us, Ellie. (laughs) You never do. If you would, leave us with this. A couple of your signature Ellie Krieger tips or tricks for 
Thanksgiving. The holidays are coming up, and we know we're going to indulge, but we could do it within reason, we know. First, let me just tell you where everyone can find these recipes. Oh, please, please. On canolainfo.org. Okay, C-A-N-O-L-A-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. Canolainfo.org will bring you to the decadent desserts made better and more delicious by nutritionist and cooking channel host, of course, Ellie Krieger. Yes, and then for Thanksgiving, I say absolutely savor. Take mm. your time and savor not only the food but the company. And you will wind up enjoying everything more and not overstuffing yourself. Okay, we're taking that tip to the bank, and we thank you, as always, for sharing your passion. She is nutritionist and author Ellie Krieger, creating fast, simple, healthy, wonderful recipes for the real world, and we adore her style of cooking. And we always love when you come and grace this show, Ellie, so please come back soon. We know you have a new cookbook coming out in January, so we'll look forward to dishing once again. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too. Once again at canolainfo.org. Canolainfo.org. You that's will find, a good website. That's a really good website. Yeah. Decades of decadence. The indulgent recipes that Ellie has made even better for you with still fast, fabulous flavor so that you can enjoy the classics of comfort food. It's only getting sweeter. Don't touch your dial. There's more delicious conversation right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, of course, we'll be right back. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, in your radio, we're bringing you an arsenal of inspiring ideas for savory and sweet dishes this fall. Five years ago, Stephanie O'Day made an ambitious New Year's resolution. She committed to using her slow cooker every day to make a delicious home-cooked meal. And so her blog, Crock-Pot 365, was born. The Internet Recipe Diva has just released a new cookbook. It's called 365 Slow Cooker Suppers. After her marathon year of slow cooking, she mastered steaming heart-healthy fish and incorporating more of the vitamin-rich vegetables we all love. Plus, she's stretching your budget with unique and really original creations. I'm delighted that she's joining us. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Danny. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. Good. Um, from your best-selling book of Make It Fast, Cook It Slow, we know you are a die-hard slow cooker lover. And I really appreciate the freedom that comes with a slow cooker, right? And fill yes. it in the morning, go to work, busy with the kids, crazy busy lives. Yes. I, I joke around that I am best early in the morning when I am fully caffeinated and coherent. <laughs> and for me, there's no safer way than to be chopping onions when I still can think so absolutely, I like to get it on, plug it in, turn it on, and get on with my day. And I love that concept, and I like the real-life cooking concept of a slow cooker, but I appreciate that you've elevated the level of some of these dishes. I mean, from tofu to lettuce wraps. It's not that the whole meal has to be a slow gray braise. Sure. It's really that the proteins can be cooked beautifully and tender and that you can utilize the slow cooker as a component of what you're doing, as a tool. Absolutely. Before I began my year-long challenge, I pretty much thought of the slow cooker the way the rest of America does, as kind of a glorified pot roast machine. Right. And don't get me wrong, (laughs) it makes an awesome pot roast and fantastic chili and fantastic soups and stews, but I wanted to figure out a way for my family to eat well-rounded, healthy meals 
every day without raising our cholesterol or increasing our waistlines. So I did figure out that you can make a beautiful steamed fish in either parchment packets or in a foil packet. Throw your herbs in there, a little bit of some compound butter, and you have a delicious flaky fish. Two hours on high, the cleanup is a snap, and you don't get a fish smell in the house. See, I think that's super smart. And those are the tips and tricks that come from a year's worth of daily research. Uh, one... is, is it research or is it trial and error? Oh, no, no, I, no. I have to, I, I have to <laughs> confess that I made some horrible creations. <laughs> I, I, w- I would agree with that concept, but I'll tell you, like the three bites of chocolate cake that I tasted yesterday, um, I call that research, oh, and I'm sticking to it. You know what? I think that's a great... <laughs> <laughs> um, and the calories don't count when you're researching either. Oh, most certainly not. Research and development, a whole other category. You know, one thing that I'm really tickled about is I've been intimidated to do um, sort of the fancier cooking in the past. Mm -hmm. I was uncertain about how a risotto would turn out if I'm standing over the stovetop and stirring. I've got small kids in the house. I've got telemarketers calling during the dinnertime rush. And so I liked that I figured out that you can actually make a really great risotto in the slow cooker with no stirring. And it comes out creamy. The cheese melts with the arborio rice. And it's a really great side dish. Okay, Stephanie, we have to share that recipe on my website. And we'll link through to your Amazon page so everyone can buy the book. May we do that? Absolutely. I appreciate that. Okay, just minutes from now. Post it at chefjamie.com. You will find Stephanie O'Day's slow cooker risotto. And we will all master the recipe. And then we don't have to tell anybody that we didn't have to stir for 35 minutes. No. When it comes to choosing a slow cooker, what are your best tips? Because there is certainly the advent of modern technology ever growing with kitchen appliances and also the beauty of what's been passed down from generation to generation and a a very seasoned slow cooker, in my opinion. Absolutely. I own them all. I do have the original one that I was given back in the 80s, -hmm. and I am lucky enough that I get new ones in the mail all the time for me to test out. You don't have to break the bank. You can certainly get a very good slow cooker for right around 45 to $50. I highly recommend a programmable version, which means that you have a digital readout and you can set it in 30-minute increments for either the low or the high setting, which is wonderful because if you're out of the house for 10 hours but your recipe calls for being finished at 6 hours, Set it for six, and then it just will stay warm for the additional hours until you're ready to come home. Otherwise, you'll end up with crispy, dried-out meat, and and your lasagna gets all dried out on the end, whereas in this way, everything stays moist and tender the way that the cooker's designed. I happen to love the digital technology that's come to the kitchen as well, so I agree with you. A digital panel, lots of choices, keep warm settings, the ability to go from high to low, I think is very important, and there's no doubt that modernism has done a a wonderful thing for slow cookers and pressure cookers and a lot of the appliances that have come a long way. Yes. Uh, I, I happen to have done some work with the Ninja cooking system, and what 
what that one does also is it even has a stovetop setting. Yes. So if you wanted to brown your meat and you caramelize can sear, it, you, right. you can right in the same pot. No need to dirty up another pot. Isn't that amazing? I think that's an incredible feature. I'm very pleased with it. Yeah, yeah. I happen to love it as well, and my slow cooker does the same. Let's delve into the recipes because yes. we're rich with the fall season, and I love soups and stews and heartier meals as we come into winter. And what I liked about a lot of your recipes, too, is that they're minimal ingredients, which to me screams nutritious, healthy, and full of flavor. Take us to brandied beef stew with squash and cranberries, that beautiful bright-colored squash, the richness of the cranberries, which I just found in the market a little bit early this season, which is wonderful. I always stock up, and I freeze a few bags of cranberries. Actually, I freeze a lot of bags of cranberries because I find I'm always preparing and testing recipes for Thanksgiving, like midsummer. So I'm the one, if you ever need to borrow a bag of cranberries in the (laughs) off-season, they're in my freezer. That is good to know. And when this particular stew, you can make it year-round. I actually like the sweetened dried cranberries for this because it comes already sweetened and the cranberries rehydrate throughout the slow cooking process and sort of burst and just have this beautiful sweet flavor. And then the bit of cocoa that I've included creates a nice dark velvety rich broth. Mm. The squash falls apart. It's a very nice company friendly stew. That's a wow recipe to me. And you're using short ribs with the bone in? Honestly, it's whatever is on sale. (laughs) Okay, I get it. Because after slow cooking all day, the the bones really are so easy to just pull out with kitchen tongs. It's not a problem to have the bone in there. This is my professional chef side talking as much as I am a home cook, too. I love the flavor that bones add to the depth of a dish. So if you can find short ribs with the bone in and they happen to be at a good value, uh, the less expensive cuts of meat don't tend to break the bank. In that instance, I would definitely go bone in just for richer flavor. When it comes to full fabulous flavor, I make a buffalo chicken chowder. So when I found your buffalo chicken stew, that's really smart. (laughs) There's something about that tart twang of buffalo sauce that my tongue gets itchy and I just want more and more and more of it so you get that wonderful flavor without a deep fried chicken. Mm, That looks really delicious as does the buttermilk brined chicken that you make. Teach us if you would to make it because I do a milk braised chicken that I learned from my mom Lana and everyone knows that I think those kind of recipes poultry and or you know everyone should know poultry and uh, dairy have a beautiful benefit to one another. The dairy, yogurt, buttermilk, the high acid breaks down and tenderizes the meat. But mine is a slow braise and yours is a set it and walk away. (laughs) It's a set and walk away. Although if there were such things as an advanced slow cooker dish, this would be it. Because you do need to plan ahead for a few days because I've suggested that you brine your chicken in the buttermilk. In a, in a large zipper bag in the refrigerator or in a large plastic container. And so you're mixing in some paprika, some garlic powder, some buttermilk, and a little bit of sugar. And the chicken just soaks in it for 24 to 48 hours mm. in your fridge. And then in the morning, the day that you're ready to cook, you plop the whole thing out. If you are the type of person who really wants a brown chicken in a, in a browned skin, that is when you would take the time to brown each side in a skillet before slow cooking. Otherwise, you can just drop it all in and push a button and walk away. Yeah, and talk about the ultimate in tenderness. 
the buttermilk permeating. Sure, it, it absolutely, the chicken falls immediately yeah. off the Fabulous. bone, and the resulting wait. gravy is delicious. Mm. Okay, I'll be right over, as long as dinner's ready soon. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> You've certainly inspired us. It is a recipe for every day of the year from the New York Times bestselling author Stephanie O'Day. You can find recipes on her blog and a link directly to order your copy of 365 Slow Cooker Suppers at Stephanie O'Day, O-D-E-A dot com. And you can find an excerpted recipe for slow cooker risotto made fabulous at chefjamie.com. Stephanie, always a pleasure. We hope you'll come back again soon. Thank you very much, Jamie. Yes. As the delicious conversation continues right after this, please don't touch your dial. I'm Russ Spears with this KFWB traffic update. This update brought to you by RA Resort and Casino. And, again, a few things going on around town. Of course, we do have the, uh, the half marathon going on. This is uh, the Rock and Roll Half Marathon. Started at 7.30 this morning in downtown L.A., and we do have a number of streets uh, that are closed off there throughout the morning hours and probably till about 1 o'clock this afternoon. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, also, if you're in the Sherman Oaks area, the 101 North at the 405 uh, South, the transition is uh, closed down there. That's going to run till 10 a.m. That's uh, Caltrans work there. Also, Santa Fe Springs, 605 North between Telegraph and Slauson. Uh, we've got an accident still uh, blocking the carpool lane. Welcome to the new Vegas. Experience the modern luxury of the AAA Five Diamond Aria Resort and Casino, located in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Visit arialasvegas.com for reservations and sign up for exclusive offers. Get updates on your smartphone at kfwb.com. Think tasty, tangy, tart, sweet, crunchy, and delectable, and you'll think Melissa's. Quality produce that keeps you healthy. You know, great cooks and chefs have counted on Melissa's produce for fresh fruit, bright vegetables, exquisite greens, and fragrant herbs for the past 28 years. And from the ordinary to the extraordinary, Melissa's is the largest distributor of specialty produce in the U.S. Their newest release, Green Dragon Apples. I love this hybrid cross between a Japanese orange and a golden delicious apple. A beautifully high-shouldered shaped fruit, but with that gorgeous pineapple pear flavor. Dragon apples have a pale green skin, and they're perfect for baking and also for pies. And I love them sliced thin and thrown into a green salad. They're full of flavor. So look for Melissa's Green Dragon Apples, available now, part of Fall's fabulous, beautiful bounty of apples, at your favorite supermarket, or you can always order your produce direct to your door by going to their website at melissas.com or by calling 800-588-0151. The best, the freshest global produce anywhere comes from Melissa's. KFWB News Talk 980. Chef Jamie Gwen here. If you're looking to transform an ordinary weeknight dinner into an impressive gourmet meal, reach for La Victoria products. I love cooking with La Victoria products because they deliver fresh, bold flavors you can enjoy with every meal. One of my favorite meals to create is a chicken enchilada stack. So easy to make, and they'll impress even the toughest critics at your next dinner party. Simply take shredded rotisserie chicken and La Victoria's red enchilada sauce. Layer the mixture on tortilla chips and finish the plate with a zigzag of my crema rosa. Head on over to facebook.com slash La Victoria brand for the complete recipe. And while you're there, be sure to join in on our live Taco Tuesday Facebook chat. You'll find me there from noon to one Pacific time every Tuesday, sharing exciting new recipes and cooking tips and tricks as well. Check out the great line of La Victoria products, including a variety of sauces, salsas, and peppers. La Victoria brand. Your kitchen, your recipes, you Victorious.
KFWB weather update. Uh, still looking at some dense fog scattered out throughout the area today. Now, most of that expected to burn off, uh, giving us low clouds and then sunny skies. Highs peaking out around 75 degrees. Increasing cloudiness tonight, a low around 57. And tomorrow, uh, we're looking for cloudy, a uh, little bit of rain and cooler temps. Highs around 65. Currently, we've got 58 degrees in Hollywood. It's back to sale you crave. Marie Callender's whole pie to go sale is going on now. Marie's legendary irresistible whole pies to go for just $7.99. Don't miss it. Your favorite pie is waiting. It's delicious. It's divine. It's food and wine. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, in your radio. Nothing is impossible for this man. With more than 25 years in the culinary world, Chef Robert Irvine has cooked his way through Europe, the Far East, the Caribbean, and the Americas, in hotels and on the high seas. And he is a superstar on the Food Network. As host of Restaurant Impossible and previously Dinner Impossible, Worst Cooks in America, Food Network Stars, Star Salvation, and more. We met Robert Irvine some years ago, and we have a crazy, wonderful story about the fact that we know he looks like a Hulk. And who wouldn't stare at that Hulk-like bod? But I've always loved his passion and his talent, and he's back with us in your radio, and we're delighted. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Robert Irvine. I am so glad to talk with you again, Robert. How are you? Listen, (laughs) you're such a stranger to me lately. (gasps) I can't believe, you know, you don't let your mom call me and you don't call me and send me flowers. (laughs) I'm kidding. Okay, I'm going to start sending you protein drinks, not as if you needed any more of them. But we're very glad to have you back, and it's nice to catch up and to talk again. Tell us what you've been up to. We've just finished filming a new show, uh, my new show called Restaurant Express, which airs in November on the West Coast, mainly around Santa Monica and Newport Beach and that area. Nine contestants on a bus buying for the dream job, executive chef of a new hotel, restaurant. We just finished shooting that. Yeah, by the way, we had a star spotting, just so you know. Someone called me, a friend of mine, to say that you were in our neck of the woods. We were in and out there for six weeks, and it was absolutely amazing. And when you see the show and, and the progression of the people in it, it's, you know, Robert Irvine, tough love as normal, but one of them walks away with a dream. Hmm. Oh. It's very compelling. It's very exciting. Competition show. Sure. Uh, we just came back from Montana yesterday, uh, shooting Restaurant Impossible. Oh. And we have another 26 episodes of that to shoot. Congratulations. Uh, on, uh, Fantastic. Some more things with dear friends of mine, Gary Sinise, hmm. on our Wounded Warriors. We just finished American Airlines Skyball, feeding 11,000 Wounded Warriors and their caregivers. How and, marvelous. Uh, wow. Thank you. Money for Snowball Express. Thank you for giving mm. back. You always have paid it forward. Just very blessed. You know, yes. I, I think God gives us all our talent, and uh, if we're on this earth, we better use that talent just like you do, Jamie, for, mm, for others. So, well, that's a lovely a compliment. Thank you. So true. Okay, we know you work extraordinarily better than anyone else I know under pressure. No one else could put out, you know, 6,000 poached eggs in a square box of cardboard on a grass island somewhere. But you. <laughs> so this next question should be super simple, Chef. Um, what are you cooking for fall if you were making dinner tonight? It would be roasted chicken. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, with herb butter and sweet potato and white potato hash Ooh. and a fennel slaw. Oh, nice. Oh, what time is it? What time is dinner? <laughs> <laughs> almost dinner time. It is almost dinner time. What are you loving for the fall at the farmer's market? What would you tell our listeners to go out well, and look I for? I love pumpkins and root vegetables. You know, I just did this, the, the dish this morning where we took pumpkin, tomatoes, onions, um, 
saute them together, a little garlic, a little bit of rice wine vinegar to make a tomato-style jam, uh, fresh halibut cut into little medallions, and serve that with a floor of, of parsley, huh. whole leaf parsley, flat leaf parsley, red onion yes. um, with some peaches and uh, some fennel. Oh, um, beautiful. I, I just love simple food. For me, the protein can be hot, but the salad can be cold. Mm-hmm. And I like that mix of, of textures and flavors. Ooh, I like that. I like that approach. The dichotomy of it. I've yes. always loved, too, the, the cold and warm. And the parsley salad seems very English-inspired to me. But Robert always has a health focus. That he does. That is wonderful. That's true. Okay, tell us how you keep the beautiful bod. I work out six days a week. I'm on the road, as you know, 345 days a year. Mm-hmm. I'm married to a professional athlete who keeps me busy, bless her. Yeah, how is Gail? She is doing great. And we're here in New York talking about plastics and how do we use plastic, the reusable plastic um, in our kitchens, you know, whether it be spatulas and and, uh, bowls and plastic wrap, you know, all the things that we use that we take for granted. It's kind of interesting that just like food, people don't know an awful lot about recyclable uh, goods and green for our earth. It's very true. I think it's interesting. Can you give us a couple of tips then as far as what we can do with our plastics to stay earth-friendly? Yeah, all you have to do to recycle the plastic Ziploc bags efficiently is to actually take a knife and cut the Ziploc off and, and recycle the bags themselves. Um, most of my kitchen bowls nowadays, and you can buy recycled kitchen um, bowls that are plastic, which help the environment. Mm-hmm. Our spatulas are all the same. So, you know, we've got to be thinking green instead of burying bottles and all that sort of stuff. Most definitely the environment is counting on us. I think you're a great yes. advocate for that. Mm. Tell us about the fitness bar. The fitness bar is called Robert Irvine's Fit Crunch. It's the only six-layer baked bar in the world. Mm. It took me a year to develop, all hand-baked, just like we would bake a cookie. Sure. All the ingredients are actually made in the factory, which I own, with a guy named Sean Perich. So it's called the Robert Irvine's Fit Crunch. Uh, which actually on November the 1st, it will be available in GNCs all around the country. And um, right now it's on bodybuilding.com. Awesome. They are like a candy bar. I can't a 16-gram bar, 190 calories, 3 grams of sugar. Wow, that's, oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, if it makes really me excited. look anything closer to Gail's physique, <laughs> I'll take um, a few hundred dozen, chef. <laughs> oh, you don't need that. She, well, you know, she works out a lot. She's she's uh, crazy about that working out. Stuff. Yeah, no doubt. But but you're both, I think, incredible examples of eating well, living right, staying fit, and I appreciate the advocacy and the paying it forward that you continue to do. And we will continue to watch. When does the new show air? A new series of Restaurant Impossible starts on Wednesday the 23rd at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then the new show, Restaurant Express, starts on November the 3rd at 9 p.m., which is a Sunday night. Mm. Uh, we'll be tuning in. Okay, we'll be watching and eating your Fit Bar. That's right, and uh, we can't wait to talk with you again. We hope you'll grace us once again on the radio sometime soon, and I hope our paths cross uh, as well, sometime soon, you can always feed your insatiable appetite by tuning in and finding Robert Irvine on the Food Network. And as he continues to grow his career, great things will come. Robert, it's always a pleasure. We're very glad to catch up. Thank you for taking thank, the time. Uh, thank you so much, Robert. Oh, you're great, guys. Great yeah, to talk to you. Passion. Don't forget all them listeners. Think green. Think, think reusable green. plastics and eat healthy. You've got it. We'll follow in your footsteps for all sure. Right. Talk to you soon, Chef. Thank you again.
big he, kisses. And big kisses Bye. to you. He is Robert Irvine, and his recipe for an olive tepanade with poached chicken, sun-dried tomatoes, and feta cheese, a delicious recipe for a simple, quick weeknight meal, is posted at chefjamie.com, C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E.com. I think that was a killer hour of delicious conversation. I've posted on Facebook as well a direct link to Stephanie O'Day's slow cooker risotto and Ellie Krieger sweetening it up. And in the weeks to come, we do have more great culinary thinkers, so we hope you will continue to tune in. You can find our podcasts, by the way, on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen, just in case you missed a show. And as the weeks progress, as we lead into more fabulous food holidays. I wanted to leave you with our last bites, both Lana and mine. Mine, I actually mentioned at the beginning of the hour, is a pumpkin inspired, as is everything right now. And I love to infuse vodka. We make our own spirits at the holidays as well. So this is definitely along those lines. But if you are inspired to make a holiday pumpkin martini, you must start planning now. So you need a fifth of vodka preferably one that is good quality and that you would drink straight as a shot, but it doesn't have to be the highest, most elevated vodka you've ever bought. You also need uh, two cups of pure pumpkin puree. You can use Lana's approach to roasting the pumpkin yourself, or you can buy canned pumpkin puree, but please do not buy the pumpkin pie puree. Buy the pure pumpkin puree. You combine the vodka, the pumpkin puree, and a couple of cinnamon sticks in a big, large glass jar, and you put it in the back of the refrigerator. It must be refrigerated, and for a week, you stir it every day. You essentially infuse the flavor of the pumpkin into the vodka, and you've made your own pumpkin vodka. Then you shake it up into a holiday pumpkin martini by mixing in amaretto and a little bit of heavy cream, and you've got some truly fabulous flavor. Again, you can find the holiday pumpkin martini and my holiday pumpkin-infused vodka at chefjamie.com. And and you're going to want to rim those martini glasses yes, in something sure. fabulous with the pumpkin vodka. Uh, the first one would be rim it, uh, them in Pop Rocks. That's super fun. Yeah. Love that texture. Love that trendy idea of, you know, candy on the rim. Yes. That's uh, fun. D- dip a glass in a little simple syrup. Right. And then the second one, I love this, is dip it in chocolate syrup with some, and then dip in crushed chocolate wafers. Nice. Chocolate and pumpkin are nice. Yeah, beautiful combination for sure. We've got lots more drink inspiration, cocktails, recipes coming to you in the weeks to come. Uh, as you get through this Halloween week, we hope you enjoy a week of indulgent candy. And then as we move into Thanksgiving, we are making the holidays as easy as pie. So we hope you'll continue to listen. Coming up next Sunday, our resident pastry chef, Abby Dodge, is starting to plan for Thanksgiving desserts. The great Patricia Wells has released a new cookbook, and she will be here with her French kitchen cookbook. Plus, there's a new food documentary out that you don't want to miss, making its release just this week. The producer behind and the creator behind Spinning Plates, the movie, will be with us. So we're always bringing you, of course, the most current culinary information and keeping you on the cutting edge of everything delicious. We can 
hopefully find you when we're serving up seconds at chefjamie.com and on Facebook and Twitter at Chef Jamie Gwen and here in your radio next Sunday when you sit down to be part of our cooking community. We thank you for listening. We wish you a delicious week. And on behalf of Lana and myself, I'm Chef Jamie Gwen. I hope you continue to eat well. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment.